do we ever listen back to our episodes? And um, ironically, as a result of that, last night I was in the car for an hour because I was going to see some friends and I put one of our old episodes on. And I just thought, I hope this isn't a too narky of me, but I'll I'll give it a listen. And and I have to say, you're quite funny. Um, but have you? When was the last time you listened to our podcast? Uh, oh, right at the beginning. And I, I, I'm actually quite funny about listening back. Um, do you think the listener uh, wanted to know uh, whether we know how shit we are or how brilliant we are? I don't know the, the ratings. I mean, we've on on Apple. We've got. Oh, I've just gone onto. Oh. Oh no, I'm now playing. Uh, stop. There we go. Um, oh, now I'm playing our episodes. Um, I don't think so. I think they were just curious as to whether we do. Um, right. And it made me think, well, actually, I haven't either. But then it made, it made me laugh because you therefore probably have never read the descriptions that go into the podcast episodes. <laughs> um, so episode 28, for example, is titled Talented Fiddling Underwater. Oh, um, I can't even remember why we were doing talented fiddling under. Oh, yes, that was when the tide goes out. Be careful, you know, what you were up to during COVID. And then there was a Your reputation. episode mm. 26, trying to stop JB getting aroused episode. Oh, yeah, the arousal episode. Um, politics versus the workplace, the Ian Dale interview, which was, I think, a really good. That's still our, currently our, our leaded episode. Um, micro. Then there's been perhaps more suitable titles such as micromanager special um degree or not degree that is the question oh that was a good one mm, yeah that was a that was a an interesting one um political leaders can we learn anything and jb sings um oh, randers and random intruders and culture versus strategy um a naughty word that we can't share here which i think was the ifw episode um, oh yeah, but yeah, we are. Don't forget, listeners. We are um, a year old in um, a few weeks' time. We started in October last year, according to Apple. 9th of October, the first episode went live because it always the first episode takes two weeks to get approved. Well, I think so. A listener mentioned recently we don't seem to be drinking anymore. Yes, and, they did, didn't they? Yeah, and I I think that's because we are uh, we're not we're not on our tour anymore we don't do as much touring unfortunately that said so, you mm. and i are due to go and do something somewhere in yes, a couple of indeed. months time and indeed. we will therefore be so we maybe should take that opportunity to do some recording with alcohol for old i mean to be honest in the office i do have alcohol in the form of alcohol gel so if i don't consume that it. no what don't drink that what about if i mix that with pepsi max does that make it a nice sort of mixer no Perfect combination. Lovely. With a bit of ice, a bit of lemon. Lovely. Nice. Um, um, yeah, anyway, so you're right. Now, you, you yes, I'm, 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 I'm very good, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm tremendously excited by the fact that I now have the opportunity to get you to play the game that you invented. What, the and last week's episode? Indeed. And um, this is, we haven't had any response from the listeners uh, either way. I'll just check the inbox one second. Please which, call her. Which, which tells me... Mm. Uh, that um, it's it it's underwhelming as a as a concept, but maybe we should persevere a little bit longer and see whether we can build up some enthusiasm for it. Uh, I'm actually quite excited personally about what I've got in terms of your choices of leaders that have um, 
that are provided with learning opportunity. People who we think uh, would, would be really, really great leaders and we can learn something from them and what we've learned from them. So for the benefit of the listeners, last week, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, um, uh, this game is effectively what leadership lessons can we learn from is the question. And then I have to pick this week a name of from JB's random raffle of names. Right. Um, um, well clarified, Ant. I think I was going off into the sunset with that description and you pulled it back in typical radio fashion. Huh. Um, anyway, I've, so I've got three. I've got these three. And um, the first up is Boris Johnson, British Prime Minister. I, I get to choose one. You're not going to make me pick one out of... Oh, you, oh no, sorry. You're going to give me the names then I... Right, OK. Boris Johnson. Isn't that, yep. Have no, I got the... Pro- no, no, yeah, you have. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. It's, I've slept since then. And I think that I think I've been quite creative here. I have spent quite a lot of time really working this out, as okay. you can imagine. I, always. Um, so Batman. BJ and you are, Batman. You, you were old for Batman, weren't you? Yeah. Well, no, but I do know of the chap. And there's been um, films more recently, isn't there? So, yep. Yeah, and and I think the 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 the, the, the final one mm-hmm. is so cunning. Um, if it, you put a tail on it, you call it a weasel, and and it's Robin. Oh, so you see what I've done. BJ Batman or Robin is going to be what I'm going to pick out of the hat. So I need to yeah. quickly now reflect. I have on. to. Mm. I have to. I have to now um, put my pen randomly on these. And when you tell me to stop, okay. um, this is where you. I'm actually... trying to gauge where the pause is, where he's going from the bottom of the list to the top, so I can then be a bit yeah. choosy. I'm so, look. I'm just stop. carrying on going round. Stop. Uh, in stop. A, oh, stop. Oh, right. Well, I the first stop that you did there mm-hmm. was was Robin. Bollocks. <laughs> what? I'm actually, I'm, I, this is cunning. I, I'm so glad you've got Robin now. Okay. So um, I am again limited experience of was it marvel batman wasn't it i think um or yeah. maybe maybe it wasn't i think so um so oh my phone's ringing from a scottish person by the way i'm sure at some it's point the bat, it's the bat line yeah it's 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 batman yeah. phoning you about robin giving you some feedback right leadership lessons from robin um as i know i believe robin was sometimes the brains behind batman if i'm not mistaken have, have i is that oh god um now out you you look jb you know the last film i watched was the 1985 james bond movie a view to a kill so um so i here's a clue Mm. okay um batman yeah had a a pretty large utility belt robins Uh, was slightly smaller i see um so my my understanding is Batman didn't have any superpowers, did he? But he had this utility belt, right? Um, so I guess um, Robin was a wonderful companion to Batman, being the leader, I presume, of this relationship, and um, had less tools available to him. So therefore, I would probably say he's quite a resourceful individual um, and is also seen as a great emotional support mechanism to his leader um that's about as i did warn you last week this might happen that you know if i don't know these characters that particularly well and he was quite weedy compared to batman wasn't he you see i think you're building up quite a good 
quite a good picture here okay. of what you know. Yeah, without knowing too much about Robin, mm. I think I think you're I think you you were nailing a few important points about you know the relationship between what uh, Bat- Batman the leader right. and 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 Robin. What Batman was nailing Robin. There are rumours, but I'm not going to be drawn. Okay. So if you want us to carry on this game, (laughs) I think next time the listeners should submit three names uh, that you and me have to... We we, we would know them in advance, and then we will spin a bottle or a pen on the three names to see which one we do next time. If... We have any nominations. We had no reference to it, but we have got some listeners' questions to do at the end. We've got two. Yeah, um, we we do. We need we need to have a sense of overwhelming enthusiasm for this game that we've been playing. Yeah, um, and you know we like to innovate uh, and and try new things for keeping our podcast fresh and exciting. Yeah, and uh, anyway, uh, that's that's that. No, I I, uh, I I wished I wish I'd had a BJ or a Batman, um, but yeah. hey ho. Um, so, ladies and gents, um, we have to apologise. We've not done questions for the last few weeks, which would probably suspect why we've had no new questions submitted since over a week ago. So please do send us your questions. Global Leadership Podcast at gmail.com. We know you listen because the listening numbers are not robots. Um, so please do tell us what we can do and also submit some names for us to play the uh, what leadership lessons can we learn from game there's nothing more tighter than that i suspect um so as ever each week we also kick around the news of leadership world um, and discuss what we think we take from it which might be of use to you as listeners and we haven't said this before but if there is an article that you think we should be uh, talking about from a leadership perspective send it in also if you wrote an article which you'd like us to talk about or indeed you might even want to come on the podcast and tell us about your article we are always open to it but the email will always be global leadership podcast at gmail.com or find us on linkedin by searching global leadership podcast i think that's the formal commentary done isn't it i think jb have i missed anything i, I think that's lovely and um so are we going to go down the route of uh looking at the listener question that's come in or are we going to go down the article route? We've, we've got a couple of options, I think. So we have two questions. If we do one question now and one question at the end, and then we do the three articles in the middle, how does that sound for you? Sounds lovely to me. Let me just load up the questions then, because I think this question was sent on WhatsApp, wasn't it? Um, I'm just scrolling up all the messages. Hold on a second. Okay. Um, yeah, this was sent in a few weeks ago, so apologies for our delay in answering it. Um, and it's an anonymous question. Um, we have a terrible person walking, working for us. He's a difficult character who makes life difficult for others and has inevitably caused us losing some good workers. Problem is, we can't afford to lose him. He goes likely to four of our key clients. Help. This comes up quite a lot uh, in conversation mm. with people about teams, and I, 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 some of these people are really toxic, aren't they? You know, they're they're toxic stress creators. They're they're clever chameleons, mm. and um, often you know it gets worse than that. They they they're like bullies, uh, or or possibly even narcissistic or sociopathic. Uh, people in a team uh, they are 
driven by their own success. Uh, they don't necessarily fit within the team. Uh, they certainly don't necessarily understand why they're hacking everybody off. Uh, they, they, they don't really get values or other people's values. They can't put themselves in other people's shoes. Uh, there is a toxic cost to a team. And uh, there's a sort of toxicity range that happens around these people. You know, that toxicity range can be the effect doesn't actually lose us any money uh, from our other clients, but we have lost people as a result of this person. We've lost our own people as a result of this person. We've, we've got people who are stressed as a result of this person. And I have faced this stuff in the past in my own world of work. And I always, always work on the basis of uh, explicit values and reputational risk. Mm. And I have faced this down once, and, and it was a, a, a very successful salesperson who um, was actually doing some really big harm to the business I was in uh, by doing some deals that involved other people doing an awful lot of added value and work behind the scenes uh, that, that drew the resources away from the team. I took the decision that the behaviour of this person was unacceptable and didn't uh, fit within our values. And I talked about the cost uh, to the team of their behaviour. I labelled the behaviour. I explained it. I also talked about it and how it was actually affecting me. Um, I then... Uh, had conversations with all the clients involved. I, I can't deny it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable, but I was very true to our values, which I was very explicit about. So you exited the person? Uh, pardon? You did exit the person? Yes, I did. Right. Yeah, I did. And it was it, it was an uncomfortable ride, but I, I promise you we did not lose any clients. And in fact, because I, I had been honest with one of those clients, I was able to build a stronger relationship and uh, took it on personally for a while uh, and brought in someone else onto that account and we increased the spend. Don't, don't let that excuse of losing clients stop you, stopping you um, from really being careful about the reputational risk of the business, your team and yourself. That's far too important, far too important to let that uh, damage and toxic um, cost happen to your team and your business and you. Face it down, have that conversation. So um, my additions to JB's, no surprise, we generally are aligned on this. Um, my additional take from my experience of having to exit a disruptive employee who was a high performer um, was not necessarily a judgment of risk of losing clients because 
over the three months. So first of all, raised awareness to the individual if their behavior didn't change, that they were out. Um, because sometimes the behavior is this belief that they are therefore infallible and actually simply saying to them, you're not my friend, um, can sometimes be the catalyst that's needed. But hey, no surprise in my mind, this person had that conversation, didn't change, so inevitably did go. They were a high performer. But actually, whilst there was a key client risk associated to it, when I offset the damage of productivity and service levels to the clients by the constant attrition of the people surrounded by this client contact, on balance, it still to me was the right thing to do. And it was the better risk. Now, we weren't as explicit with the clients as to the reasons, but we did make sure that we deliberately, in advance of the exiting of this employee, we already started to do some different things to include other people and really started to raise their prominence with the clients, which there wasn't a control from the outgoing employee to be able to influence that piece. Um, and pleased to say we lost one out of the four, but they didn't follow the person because they didn't get another job for a year, which, OK, it's unfortunate, but um, so be it. Um, and the other client went to somebody else. Um, and I'm not even convinced they actually left due to the client, the, the, the employee going. So I think for me, a couple of things. One, raise awareness to the employee, first of all. Do give them a chance. Um and, and by the way, maybe in advance of that, already start the building up a relationship. But you need to just not look at the impact of the client from that individual, but actually look at the impact of the client's relationships and indeed your productivity of the business. So if those people are completely unrelated to the client and they're behind the scenes, what impact is that having on your business losing those people? Because I suspect there is an offset there, personally. Um, I think that's a really good point. Something you can't anticipate and something you can't really know until it happens. Yeah. I, I found in doing this and taking quite a tough stance over it, uh, you get a you get a, a bonus um, of trust, much greater trust and respect from your team. Yes. And, you know, as long as you've got to be very, very clear in your own mind about the kind of conversations you need to have with your team the conversation you need to have with the clients and and this individual start really really working that out um, very very carefully get get your team around you not not necessarily your direct reports but other people too uh, who will support you when shit hits the fan if revenue drops for a period of time it, it it may but my experience is actually if you handle it right and you plan it as we're describing that doesn't happen we had a listener question a few months ago now about how a direct report tackled the manager of their manager about why they hadn't dealt with this in particular employee. And within that question, I can't remember which episode it was, or you could, listeners could go and listen to it again. But actually, the question as part of the commentary alluded to the fact that the credibility of the manager's manager was now being impacted by the wider organisation due to the fact that this person was being backed knowing full well the impact it was having on the employee engagement. So that's my other warning to you. If you don't act on this, your own reputation and credibility is at, at stake. And that if those people are moving on to other businesses that you're losing by not dealing with this bad employee, um, that can also drag your clients away because um, you're not showing good leadership. It's member, you know, referring to JB's uh, 
um, reference in last week's episode and a few episodes before, doing what's right for the business and doing what's right for its people. Um, there you go. Hopefully that was useful. And we'll do the other question if we get time at the end. But we have three beautiful articles to talk through in um, today's episode. In fact, I think if we have time, we have four, but I, I'm going to I'm going to put my one up there first, if that's all right, JB, because I think you went first last week. Is that, is that right? I think that's that's fair. OK, so this one um, was published uh, last week, I believe, um, from the new CEO of uh, IBM UK and Ireland, Shriam Vishvanathan, I think is how I would pronounce Vishvanathan, sorry. Um, and this is all about from survive to thrive, digital leadership beyond lockdown. And essentially, and you will be pleased, I know JB got a little bit rattled last week that there was someone, in fact, a couple of the articles were in four sections or four points. We're back to a quality three. Well done, uh, Shriram, on this one. <laughs> um, but basically, it talks about um, a survey that was done by IBM, which was where 78% of all businesses believe their BCP, their business continuity plan or the disaster recoveries, were inadequate or short-sighted, now looking back at what's just happened over the last six months. Really interesting article, but effectively the three core points um, that this gentleman refers to is survive and revive, renew and thrive, and digital leadership using tech for good. It was kind of three sections. And essentially in the survive and revive section um, talks about um, the businesses that had better digital transformation in place already were much more agile and able to adjust. Those companies that had refused to adopt, uh, you know, uh, for example, um, digital conversation technology such as Microsoft Teams or, or um, messaging tools, etc. Those ones and ones that had laptops issued to employees and all those sorts of bits and pieces clearly were better prepared <laughs> without even realizing it than the people that were not um and um the um the, uh, one of the big statistics was that in one sector i think it was telecoms and media that only one in five of the businesses they surveyed were prepared fully prepared to manage their employees working remotely um yet in financial services it was two-fifths were ready but still over half of those companies surveyed were not even remotely ready for remote working um, which for me was pretty scary. Um, I'm, I have to say I'm pretty impressed with the company I worked for being digital ready, despite the fact that they are a professional services firm. So, um, and, and actually, um, they're one of those companies that have come out now anticipating that the future does look like it's a remote business. We're never going to go fully remote, um, but we certainly recognize that we managed to um, survive and we are now reviving. Um, on the Renew and Thrive, um, this was all about actually lessons learned and being ready in the future and thinking about how we can engage customers better, even when they may be remote to us, which was quite interesting, uh, made reference to some of their clients that they deal with. And then the final thing is using tech for good. I think, you know, we uh, it references NHS here. Um, having its own challenges with clearly patient numbers going through the roof. But of course, the NHS has had to um, use tech for good in the way that actually GPs are now using video technology. And that was something that was never considered before. Uh, and actually, um, you know, AI being really useful to analyze all this insight that all this digital technology is creating to make future decisions. So really interesting article. But the thing that stood out for me, JB, 
was um, the readiness statistic and how ready are leaders for A, if this shit hits the fan again, or actually how well rehearsed, prepared are you? Because we never saw that. If you'd have said to me in January... Um, we're going to go into lockdown and the business and, and everything is, is going to be insulated into your household. I would have said, you, you know, you need to go and get a, a, a checkup with your doctor. Um, not on the internet, by the way. Uh, so I suspect there are leaders listening to this podcast that may now take for granted our continuity plan is now shelved and there isn't going to be any other curveballs. How ready are you as a leader to deal with a future situation such as this, JB? Did I tell you that I had written a book during you lockdown? You did, but I, was, I, was, I, I always keep it under wraps until you may want to introduce your other authors to the podcast. Well, it's, it's going to be coming out in the next few months, but I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm not punting it. But the, the major premise... Available book... in all good retailers, WH Smith, Tesco's, and Amazon.co.uk. <laughs> uh, the main premise of the book is we are in a no-normal world. Because I kept hearing people saying, well, let's get it back to normal. When it, when we get back to normal, and then if they weren't saying that, we, we were going to get the business to a new normal. It's a new normal situation. We're going to have a new normal business for a new normal world and all that kind of shit. And I was just thinking, hang on a minute. Um, I don't think that we're in a new normal. I don't think that we are going back to normal. There is a no normal. The new normal is no normal. And and I I think that that whole point about being ready, uh, readiness is so important, and our technology supports us uh, to be ready. And uh, it is stress testing, it's practicing, it's rehearsing, and a lot of work that I do is actually around the idea of you know being on a stage and practicing a whole load of different communication and collaboration techniques. Uh, so that we're ready, uh, constantly ready to uh, try out different approaches uh, to get our business and our people to where it needs to be. So I think that the, the no normal world now, uh, w we need to embrace uh, what this guy is saying uh, about technology um, and to be permanently ready uh, for what comes our way. Um, and not to think that we're going to uh, thrive in the no in the new normal world. We need to thrive in a no normal world. Um, and uh, you know, it seems to me that digital technology and digital leadership um, is really at the forefront uh, of this um, shift. And COVID, I think, has given us this wonderful opportunity, really, um, to think beyond lockdown and what we can actually do with AI. Uh, and digital platforms and communication. But it goes back to something we were saying in, in last week's um, podcast. Uh, you know, we, we, we have to turn our organisations, whatever its size, whatever it is, into learning organisations uh, so that we actually understand how to, how to delight uh, our stakeholder capitalists because we, we all need to be new capitalists in our... Um, in our stakeholder world and look after everybody uh, when we go into these situations. It seems to me technology 
has got such a huge part to play um, in making that revolution happen uh, faster than than you know, faster than we're actually going at the moment. We need to go faster. Does that make any sense? What I've just said it's it, just bonkers. No, no, it makes complete sense. Uh, it, uh, so this article on verdict.co.uk um, from the IBM CEO UK and Ireland and digital leadership beyond lockdown. I think is a really interesting article to have a look at and do some self-reflection on. Are you, how ready are you? And of course, when JB's book is officially available to order, maybe we invite him and his co-author or authors. I know Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Uh, I've got a, yes, I've got, I've got a few people that I would bring in to the party, uh, get some wine, some, some cheese, some peanuts, um, and actually just have a little bit of a party. So make, we, make, we know how to we know how to go wild, don't we? Well, yes. The last author we had on the podcast was Mr. Ian Dale. I hope that's right. This next one would be as raucous with yourself and your other two authors. I think it would be daft, mad, and peculiar. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, there's that article. I believe, Mr. Bradley, the next one is to you. It's 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 on me now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well. So actually, funnily enough, from one of the um, oh no, that's my that's my pencil plan. Yeah. That's another piece of paper. God, I'm surrounded by paper. Um, so uh, training journal. I saw this next to one of the things that you sent me, and I thought, oh, and that's quite useful. Mm-hmm. Leadership ethics uh, providing certainty in an uncertain world. This is this is from uh, the training. Uh, journal and it's uh, written by Amrit Sandhar and it's a lovely piece of opinion actually and and the point is an urging of leaders to model the organization's values and culture and I'm sure I, there are a load of people on the going, oh my god not all this stuff again but actually I think there's some some really useful things that we can we can take from this so I'm going to cut to the to the chase and find the bit uh, in this that I I really liked, and it's it's all about. This was on Evernote.com, wasn't it? <coughs> I stored it in Evernote. Oh, um, I see. Sorry, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's really about um, how we actually use uh, conversation um, inside organisations and to make sure that we reinforce uh, the importance of values. Um, so when you, when you kind of get um, into big periods of change and uncertainty, that I've worked with organisations where that has happened, um, th- this we were talking about earlier with the toxic star, the toxic person, uh, neglect to take that person on. This this does massive uh, where people feel comfortable to tell truth uh, to leaders. An ethical culture guides what one would do when no one is watching. We, we are working with. Uh, having explicit kind of push the boundaries uh, of what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Mm. And to to, to, to to be very explicit about the ethics interpretation, be explicit about your values, I think is the is the nub of it, which I know it works from my own experience. Yeah, we were talking in last week's episode about, and again, I've mentioned it a couple of times, and it seems to be a running theme, what's right for the business 
will damage the credibility or reputation that they've had with the people previously. And that watch their leader to see what moves they make. And, you know, you can look in them. If you look at Boris Johnson, you know, those big fans of his that voted him in, and don't get me wrong, they're about that particular um, <laughs> article. Um, they're starting to increase restrict presentation of the leadership team of UK PLC. In the uh, providing certainty in an uncertain world, there's a little there's a little bit in there which refers to an HBR Harvard Business Review article uh, back in 2019 by Epley and Kumar, and it says that unethical behaviour takes significant toll on organisations by damaging reputations, picking up on your point, harming employee morale, and increasing regulatory costs not to mention the wider damage to society's overall trust in in business. So I can think of uh, a very big organisation that you and I have done work with uh, in in the past, where, you know, there are there are things that um, we talk about in terms of values. And it's sort of in a way, I've got enough to do, I've got enough on my plate without having to bloody talk to my people about values. And actually, you know, they're a bit they're a bit kind of internal comms, they're a bit HRE. But when we've got large amounts of our people now working virtually, working remotely, we we need to have a framework to guide the behaviors uh, of these people. And to make that more explicit is going to be helpful with that regard, in that regard. Nice. Nice, nice. So um, we have time for maybe one more article. Okay. Should we go? Or do you want to do the, like, the listener question? We've got, we've got a listener question to do as well. What would you rather do? Oh, I, I, I think I love a listener question. I like It puts me right on the edge of my comfort zone. Okay. So this is from Kirsty, and I don't think it's your Kirsty. Um, ah, uh, could be. Kirsty in the UK, um, yes. Birmingham. Yours is Brighton, isn't she? I think I'm about to be attacked by a wasp, but oh. it's okay. Okay. Uh, and the question is, from your experiences, what was the best leadership tip you were ever given? <gasps> Ooh. I'm presuming either from a training course or from a, a, a wise leader who gave us her or his wisdom. Um, I, th I think the best leadership tip really for me um, <clears throat> was from a guy called Professor Nick Oblensky. And uh, I was fortunate enough to um, do some work with Nick. And I was a stressed out MD of a radio company. And uh, he kind of reinforced the idea uh, that I need to be less directive uh, and more non-directive. And it was a turning point in my career where I, I thought that my role uh, was really to direct the organization and direct the people towards the vision and to you know have clear objectives and and do all of that hmm. and and put it out in my big strategy and i stressed myself out doing it 
I think I lost the engagement of quite a few people in the organization at the time, direct reports. I'm being really honest here. And uh, it, it, it was a moment where Nick basically said, you know, Jonathan, you, you need to learn to coach. You need to learn to coach and actually pass the responsibility uh, of performance to, to your team uh, and, and, and take it away from you. And I thought that at the time, I thought it was kind of like a revolutionary concept. Yeah. And it took me, it took a while for the, and I said, well, what if I'm successful? I won't, I won't have a job. And he flippantly said, we'll spend more time on the golf course. And um, of course I didn't because I can't play golf, but. Um, <laughs> Is that the only reason? <laughs> no, it gave me, it gave me the opportunity actually to uh, learn more and more and more about leadership, more and more about coaching. And I, I got qualified in so many different areas um, for the business and for me. And my company at the time was was really good about investing in learning of, uh, of, of managers and leaders. And I took every opportunity to use that spare time to reinforce uh, that idea of being non-directive. And, and to become more of a facilitator so that I could spend more time doing what I needed to do. I mean, Nick was joking about the golf course, of course, um, but it was, a, it was a good point. That changed my career and uh, actually led to me doing what I'm doing now. Wow. My answer is a shorter one, but one that always... Sorry about that. No, 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 it's fine. No, 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 it, uh, because there's less of a good story to it, I'm afraid. Um, but it's one that has stuck with me and resonates and I still... Um, use it in conversations I have with people now actually I pass on that guidance to others and it was said to be by my first boss in radio actually um, on air and he just said um, don't piss anyone off on your way up because you don't oh, yeah. know who you're going to need on the way back down yeah. um, and and incidentally that 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 boss I'm still in touch with actually I'm friends with now um, I, I and that was the interesting thing he was a good boss who, um, you know, built good relationships with his people. Um, and that was 22 years ago um, when I was a young whippersnapper um, just entering the foothills of radio. But, yeah, don't piss anyone off on your way up because you don't know who you're going to need on the way back down. So true. So yes. true. In the next episode, JB, I'm conscious we've run out of time, but we need to find out all about your exciting camping trip that happened. Oh, sorry, your I, oh, sorry, not your camping trip. Your, yeah. your your tour of Scotland with your good lady and your dogging. I'm not taking the dog, right. uh, but um, but I will be doing some little running commentary. I'll send you a few clips of me um, going up mountains, uh, going in and out of pubs, and eating haggis and drinking whiskey. Okay, I look, I'm I look, not going to be doing that every day, but nice. Um, yeah, so that's that's going to be fun. We want footage. Uh, of you in your new house, okay. uh, or I do anyway, um, doing normal family things with your with your group of six. You're up to your max now, aren't you? You can't you can't see anybody and, until way after Christmas. Yes, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's going to be interesting listening back to this episode if we ever do. Um, <laughs> and by the time this goes out on air, whether um, the changes have happened again, but I suspect the six thing is here to stay for a good foreseeable future. Can you tell what I'm? I'm most worried about this change of things because um, my eldest daughter is having a baby in the middle of October, mm. and I will be very, very upset 
if I can't um, see the baby. I'm not expecting to hold it or anything uh, with what's going on, but I, uh, yeah, it's a, these are these are really big um, stories for people um, in you know they they're doing their work, but they've got all this stuff going on in the background, mm. and I think we just have to be uh, hyper hypersensitive. Uh, to people at work who just might know someone um, who's missing out on, you know, a, a something like that, or maybe someone might have have died in the family or friends groups. We just have to be really tuned into that. Yeah. Um, I, I it's really making me think about that now. Well, that's a, probably the most poignant end we've had on a podcast for a while now. Um, but anyway, keep sending us your listener questions, globalleadershippodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on social media, um, on lead, learn pod, uh, on Twitter, or you can just search global leadership podcast on LinkedIn. Um, I've been Anthony Price. And I'm Jonathan Bradley. We like to spread the love. Goodbye. Goodbye. By the way, he's not crying, he's, he's laughing. Well, I, I was just thinking about the love bus. Yeah.